The following audio is from Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. I think sometimes we might have a question about aspects of our faith and why we do some of the things we do, and maybe we don't know the answer. And I know I'm guilty at times of assuming that people know things that they might not know yet. They might have never been taught. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to ask the question and answer the question, what type of service is the communion service? We have the privilege today of gathering together around the Lord's table to enjoy the Lord's Supper. In a few moments, we will break bread together. We will celebrate communion. We will eat the body and the blood of Christ. All of these things are true, and they're all wonderful. But without previous knowledge of what we are going to do today, none of them really make any sense. If I was to have some of the children come up and answer these questions, if I was to say, well, we're going to be breaking bread today, a child might come and say, what do you mean? I, I don't see any bread. Who's going to be breaking it? How are we breaking it? Usually, you tear, I mean, how are we breaking bread? If I said that we're going to experience the Lord's table, they might ask, well, where is the table? I mean, is the Lord's table the little desk that we usually put a fake plant on? Probably not. I'd imagine if he's the Lord, he's got a bigger table than that. How about we're going to have the Lord's Supper? Well, that sounds exciting. I mean, if the God of the whole universe prepares a supper for us, it's got to be pretty good. And then we go around and we hand out the elements. We find you get this tiny little cup filled with juice and this unleavened wafer. It's about this big. Not much to satisfy your hunger. Certainly not what we would expect if we said the Lord was preparing a supper for us. That we are going to celebrate communion. What does it mean to celebrate communion? For those that know that communion is is fellowship, how do we celebrate fellowship? Whose fellowship? With, With what? Unity together? How about eating and drinking the, the body and blood of Christ? That one's very confusing. I think most kids would really wonder what's going to happen today. They might be very terrified about what's going to happen today. And I know that sometimes we say these things, and without meaning to, we pass over it and assume that everybody understands what we mean. I thought it today that it would be helpful for us this morning to think of what kind of service that we're attending today. What is the Lord's Supper. What is, it, what is it to celebrate communion? If you want to turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 11, Paul helps us answer these questions. And it may be helpful for us to remember that the church of Corinth was not a good church. church of Corinth was a church that struggled in many ways that were very, very sinful. If the things that were going on in Corinth were going on in this church, you probably wouldn't want to come anymore. You would be disgusted by the vile, disgusting sins present within the church. And so Paul is writing to correct the church, but how wonderful in the providence of God that there's a church that is so sinful that requires so much correction that Paul writes such a long letter of correction that we now, 2,000 years later, get to learn from. That we get to take the letter of correction and say, okay, this is how it's not to be done. This is how it is to be done. This is what it's not, and this is what it is. And so that's what we're going to learn today with the communion service. This is what it's not, 
This is what it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we'll start reading in verse 20. Paul writes, When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone takes before the other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? Have you not houses to eat and drink in, or despise you the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. This church had really had this thing messed up. They were treating the Lord's Supper as, oh, it's just a supper, it's a celebration, it's, it's this meal. Let's gather everybody together in one place and, and have a party. And what was happening is all the rich people would come and they would gorge themselves on the food that was brought and they would drink the wine and they would get drunk and they would keep all of the poor people at the back of the line. You get the scraps, you get anything if it's left. And they would go away hungry. I don't even know what you think you're doing here, but you're not doing the Lord's Supper. This is not the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is not a party. It's not some, some celebration where you get to come and, and eat as much as you want. It's not a popularity contest where you parade the rich in front of you and, and let them take the best. It's nothing like that. Already, I think, we have a hint here when we understand what it's not of what it's supposed to be. When I think of the opposite of people boasting and putting themselves first and trying to eat as much as they can, I think of something of a wonderful family dinner where everybody gathers together nicely at the table, where everybody loves the other person that's there, where there's mutual respect, where everybody is past the plate and everybody gets to enjoy the food together. That's the picture I get when I think it's not that. It's something different. What is it? Well, it's something of a family get-together. And it really is that. God calls his children together, those that he has bought, those that he died for, so that they can become sons and daughters of God. He is invited to this table. And so it is somewhat of a family meal. Paul goes on in verse number 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same, same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so what is the Lord's Supper here? Well, I think, in a way, what's being presented here and what's been given to us by Christ is that the Lord's Supper, Supper is a memorial service. It's a time that we gather together to remember a sacrifice that was made for us. Last week, we had the opportunity to go to Ottawa. And there, Tara and I and the kids visited the National War Memorial in Confederation Square. And in two, the year 2000, they placed a tomb there and they moved a body from over in France in front of that war memorial. And it's called the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And, and now that area is treated somewhat like a cemetery, like a, a gravesite, like it's this constant memorial. And so you have Confederation Square, which is 
right close to the parliament buildings, which is in, in the center of the city where there's so much traffic and so many things going on, and yet you walk up to this war memorial that towers over you, and you see the two guards that are standing there at all times, and, and you walk up to the tomb, which is, a, you know, you have to walk up a, a few stairs to get there, and you get this sense that you're supposed to be quiet. There's also a sign that tells you you have to be quiet, so that's part of the sense. And there, there's another guard standing by just to make sure that, that people are treating this place with respect. They're supposed to come, and as you look at the tomb of the unknown soldier, remember all of those who went overseas to fight for our country and never came home. You're supposed to remember those who sacrificed their lives for you. And so it's a, a time, because it's there, where we get to explain to the kids what happened. We get to explain to the kids about the war. We get to explain to the kids about those who gave their lives so that we could have freedom in our country. It's a helpful time. It's a time where you remember the sacrifice of another. In a similar way, but in a much greater way, this is a memorial service. It calls us to remember the blood that ran red as Christ was beaten scourged until his back and his legs were ravaged by the stones and the bone that the soldiers had tied to the cat of nine tails, to recall the blood that ran down his face as the crown of thorns was thrust into his skull, the blood that ran from his hands and his feet as he was nailed to the cross, the blood and the water that ran from his side as he was pierced to make sure he was really dead. To the cross, it was a bloody affair. At the cross, the body of Christ was broken, and his blood ran. And memorials are supposed to be somber times. So when we come together today, we come to remember an incredible sacrifice that was made, and not just a man for his country or a man for his family, a sacrifice that was made by deity, by God, the one who spoke creation in existence, the creator dies for its creation, not because its creation is beautiful, not because its creation deserves it, but exactly the opposite, because the creation had rebelled against him. And so Christ comes and gives his life, and that's what we remember today. That's what we think about today. I think the Lord's Supper is a, a time where it's, it's helpful, it's useful to use your imagination to think about Christ walking up to the hill of Calvary, carrying the cross on his back, to think about the blood and the sweat running down him, to think about his back all torn apart, to think about the beatings that he received and the spitting on his face, to think about them plucking the beard from him, to think about them, him mock, the mocking that he received, to think about him being nailed, put up on the cross, and sitting there for hours on end. I think it's good for us to remember the sacrifice. It is a memorial service. Paul continues in verse 26. He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do, you do show the Lord's death until he come. So verse 26 continues to speak about the death of Christ. But this time, it's in a slightly different way. It's almost in a more hopeful way. The communion service here is not just a memorial. It is that. But it's also a public testimonial. It's a continual demonstration to all those present that Christ died on the cross and that we will remember him. 
We will remember what he did for us. We will remember that he was buried. We will remember that he rose again, that he ascended to heaven, and that someday he's coming back. And we will do this service over and over and over again as a church here locally, as churches around the world, until the day that he does come back. And so it's not just a sad memorial where we remember the death of a, of a loved one we never met. It's a time where we say that loved one rose again, and he's coming again. It's a time of hope. When I thought about this, I really thought one of the things that comes to my mind is it's, it's almost like a little bit of a pep rally for the church. Right? What is a pep rally? A pep rally is a time when people come together and they, they come together to celebrate their team. Right? And they hopefully will have a pep rally to get ready for the big game so that they can spur their team on to victory. So in some ways, we are gathering together to celebrate and to be excited about our Savior, to, to remember what he's done. But we don't just hope that we'll have victory. It's not just this, well, hopefully our team will beat their team. Hopefully our players will play well. This is a, a sure victory that we're gathering together to remind ourselves that there is a coming again, that this isn't it, that we're not done, that Christ didn't just die, but that he will be back. And so it's an exciting time, a time that hopefully we stir one another up to love and good works, that we get more excited about our Savior who died for us and is coming for us. Paul again continues in verse 27, but this time he turns his attention on how the individual celebrates the Lord's Supper. He says in verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink of this cup unworthily. So if there, there are people there that drink the cup and eat the bread unworthily, they shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. This passage here that, that Paul's speaking about, about us coming to the Lord's Supper and coming with the desire to examine ourselves in light of what we're remembering, it reminds me a little bit of, of, of a confessional. Um, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church until um, I was 16 years old, and I remember going to confession. And I remember you were expected to confess all of the sins that you had committed from the time previous to your confession to this confession. And the problem was I wasn't a very good kid. And so there's a lot, a lot to remember. Um, but it was funny that, that as you sat there getting ready for confession, you were encouraged to you know, think about what you were going to say to the priest. And I always have trouble remembering what sin I should be confessing. Like I, you're supposed to do all of them. And so exactly what am I supposed to say? And what ended up happening is I'd be like, okay, well, I, I'm going to make up some stuff, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make up some sins that I can confess because I don't want my, I don't want to say things that are real because that'll just be, you know, make me look bad. Somehow making it up wouldn't. But, and, and you didn't want to say sins that were like really bad because you didn't want like to scare the priest. 
And you, but you didn't want to also like pretend like you didn't have any sins to confess because then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be real. Obviously, it wasn't real, but you know what I'm saying. You wanted you wanted to make the priest think you were really confessing your sins, and then the priest would would tell you to say a few Hail Marys and Our Fathers, and you'd be absolved of your sins until the next confession. So you might say, why does this remind you of confessional? It, it does a little bit in in that this is where we are supposed to truly examine ourselves. And it's not because you're going to come and tell the pastor or tell someone else about your sin. It's because you're going into the presence of God, that you're coming to the meal that he has invited you to, and you shouldn't do that flippantly. You shouldn't do that in a way where you think, you know what, I can live however I want to. I don't care that Christ died. I mean, you're coming to remember the sacrifice that was made for your sin. And so we are here to think, to examine ourselves and think, Am I really living in a way that that shows that I believe that he died? Am I still celebrating the sin that Christ died for? Am I taking this Christian life, my testimony, seriously at all? See, the difference here is we are coming to the throne of God. We have access to God's throne through the blood of Christ. And God is saying... Don't come to my throne in a way that is unworthy. Don't come to my table in a way that is unworthy. And the seriousness of this command is backed up by the warning that Paul gives. He says, some of you are sick. I mean, there's a bunch of people in the church that are sick for the sole reason that God is chastening them for coming to the Lord's Supper unworthily. Some of you even are dead. God had taken the lives of some people who were just treating the Lord's Supper like it meant nothing. They weren't examining themselves. They weren't doing anything that the Lord had commanded them to do. And so they were being punished. Is your lifestyle reflecting the gospel that you believe? Does your life bear witness to the testimony of your faith? Before you take part in the Lord's Supper today, is there unresolved sin in your life that you should be confessing to God and seeking repentance for. Verse number 33. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry for one another, or wait for one another. Here in verse 33, it seems like Paul comes full circle. It's not a party. It's not this thing where we're all just gathering together in one place and celebrating and eating and drinking and everybody's just going to be merry. This is a time that's serious. When you come together, wait for each other so that you can all partake together. This is really, this is really another picture of the family feast, of everybody gathering around one table, recognizing that we are loved by the same God, that we have the same Father, that the Father sent the Son to die for each of our sins, that we are washed by the same blood, that we stand equal at the foot of the cross. We remember this together. We hope for his coming together. We examine ourselves. I can't examine you, and if I spend my time in communion examining my brother, I'm in big trouble. We examine ourselves as individuals, but we still do this collectively as a church. We're doing this at the same time together. And we partake of his body together. So we started with this one question. What kind of service is the communion service? And we recognize that it's not just a normal church service. It's not just the normal worship and preaching. It's a memorial service. 
It's a time we remember the Christ who gave his life for us. It's a pep rally. It's, it's a time where we hope and joy in the fact that he was victorious and he's coming again. It's a time of examination and confession. A time where we examine ourselves and, and truly see if we're living out what we say we believe. And it's a family meal. We sit down together as equals, all having been invited here by our Heavenly Father. I'm going to ask in a moment to the men to come forward, and we'll pass out the elements. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this service that we get to celebrate, that you're coming again. We get to remember the incredible love you had for us, and we get to examine ourselves to see if we are living according to what you've called us to as your children. Lord, we thank you that we get to do this together as a family today. And I pray that you would um, move, that the Holy Spirit would work in this time, and that you would accomplish what you set out to today. Thank you, Lord, and we love you. Praise Jesus. Amen. Some men to come forward. Hand up the elements. This morning, we gather together corporate Christian worship at the Lord's Supper to remember the suffering of the cross, to look forward to the day of his return. As we remember, we examine ourselves in light of Calvary. We now partake in this meal as believers seeking communion with Christ and with one another. If you have been saved by grace through faith alone, and since the time of your salvation you've been baptized by immersion, we invite you to participate with us in the Lord's Supper today. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you. We get to do this today. We thank you that you've given us this memorial service. And Lord, we pray that you would work. We pray that we would think deeply about the suffering Christ endured and that we would draw near to our Father and that we would get rid of the things in our lives that you hate. We pray in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus said, Take, eat, this is my body. Eat and remember. Paul continued. In the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Jesus said, drink all of it. Drink and remember. May this communion service be a reminder to each of us what this life is all about. The sacrifice that was made for us. And that we don't live today as having to get everything we can out of each day here on earth. That we live for something so much greater. We live for the hope of heaven that Christ has given us when he shed his blood on the cross. We're going to conclude our service by singing together the power of the cross. Stand together.